0: Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. God wants to speak in your life. You know, and and there's so many times that we, we jump too fast. We go too fast. We get ahead of what it is that he wants to say that will show us, oh, there's that dry stone in the midst of a raging, you know, waterfall there that I can step on. We take that, you know, we we miss those kinds of things. And so in worship, it was like, at the end there, I'm thinking, man, it is, I, this message is not for today. This message, I'm not, there's something, and then I, and then and then I, God showed me, all right, that's because vicky has got something to say. I was like, okay, good, because I was wondering what happened. So look, she has it. But, you know, you can just feel those releases, right? And we ignore those in our day-to-day lives. We ignore those times where, you know, sometimes we feel like, I'm just going to keep on pushing through. I've just got to keep going. This train is on the track. I can't slow it down. Well, sometimes you got to jump off the train and, and wait And be at peace and rest because God either needs to do something in your life, not within you other than help you become more convinced of his love for you, but in your life. He's actively moving right now. I mean, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is going about the earth, figuring out how he can bring blessing into your life. That's what he's doing. His, his eyes are going through. How can I bless them? Because I've already promised it to them. I've already sealed them with my Holy Spirit. I've made them righteous with my blood. I've placed a brand new heart within them that's just like my heart. Now, if they'll believe me, if they'll trust me, I can make this thing look incredible for them. And, and we, we just bump into stuff not working with him. I mean, he's got angels right now going out there, you know, whether you feel like you command them or not, I don't know. I don't know about all that stuff. But all I know is he's got angels that are probably in your home doing, you, I don't know, man. The angels are all over the place active for you. You know, God is not separated from us where we have to break through something and get him to decide to be involved in our lives. We are in the middle of his kingdom right now. And it's working on your behalf because he loves you, because you're his child. That situation you got to go deal with tomorrow morning, right now, there is no time. Right now, the Holy Spirit is breathing on that situation. There are angels there to minister in that situation. But are you looking for him? Are you expecting him to be active in your life at that moment? Because we miss it. We just don't see what's happening. Uh, Gary was, before church or before service, we were just praying back there and we were kind of swapping stories, and he told a story of uh, these soldiers that were, it was at Iraq, uh, that, you know, here comes the enemy. Tanks, RPGs, here's their little pack, and they decide to turn inward and pray. And then they look up, and they see dozens of angels, six to eight foot tall angels, standing there facing the enemy. Well, guess what the enemy did? The other way, (laughs) with the quickness He understands that term <laughs> that happened, in the Old Testament, happened in the Old Testament you know they're there that's the thing it's not like he says okay now they've behaved very well today so now I get to send them some angels no we just don't see them we just don't turn our eyes to Jesus and let the things in this world darken All right, well, that's message number one, but I know. I do, I do want to kind of continue in this. We've been talking about <clears throat> temptation and identity and sin. <laughs> and I just want you to know, You know, he's, he's not rehashing, remembering your sins. He's just not. He's not throwing them up in your face. He says, your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. I will not cause them to stick within my memory and rehash them over and over and over. I've dealt with them once and for all. But let me ask you this. How many of you in here, since you've been born again, have sinned? Raise your hand. Then you lift your hand up. (laughs) Did y'all see that? It was everybody. Um, In fact, I've got a little exercise here. I'll I'll save that for a minute. Sorry, I'm still hanging out with the angel crowd. I'll get my mind here in a second. (laughs) Romans 14, 23 Just in case you were wondering, Romans 14 23 says, Anything that's not of faith is of sin. The question is not, Was that a sin? Or is what I did a sin? The question is, Is everything that I do of faith? That's how you decide whether or not you've committed a sin. Not, did I do something wrong, but am I constantly in faith? All right? So that's just to clarify whether or not you think you have committed sins. I know that's kind of weird. We don't want to be talking about all that kind of stuff in here. But the point being, it's not about sin. All right? It's not about your sin because he's dealt with it. God is not coming to you or expecting you to come to him with your bag of sin because it's already been dealt with, it's already been judged, it's already been punished eternally. It's us that keeps this stuff active in our lives because of what we think in our heart, how we see ourselves. You can pull that down now. Thanks. So what we're talking about is, you know, temptation is born from the desires of our heart, from, the, from our desires, from in, inside. And it's not these tests and trials and difficulties that God is placing in our lives outside of us to try to figure out if we're going to be patient or not, and then he can give us a blessing. Thank God. Thank God. You're, he's not experimenting on you. I think, I think half of us are still... Huh? Wouldn't experimenting imply that he doesn't know the answer already? Right, yeah. He's not, he's not uh, in the dark of whether or not you're going to prevail or not. So the question is not, you know, am I doing a sin? The question is, am I in faith? All right. So that's, we'll set that aside. And I was just kind of thinking uh, this week and I feel like I got a a little bit of revelation. You know, revelation doesn't have to be where an angel break, kicks down the door and runs in your room and shines a light and says, hey, listen, you know, revelation may just be, hmm, I never thought of it that way before. So... I was thinking about the difference between wickedness and sin. Now, I'm getting to some good news, but I just want to deal with this stuff first. Because especially in times like communion, we've been taught, if you've got sin in your life, don't go take the communion because you're eating and drinking damnation to yourself if you have sin in your life. Well, if the definition of sin is what you do, those things that are not of faith, I promise you, you've got sin in your life. So we must be misunderstanding something in that. In fact, the way that you eat, drink unworthily is having that sin consciousness, having coming to God, focused on yourself, focused on your sin. And we think that equates that there's something wrong with us. If I've got sin, there's something wrong with me. On a deep heart level, there's something wrong with me. Why do I keep doing this sin? And we forget that we're righteous, that the old man is dead, that you have one nature. You don't have two natures. You have a righteous nature, and that's it. And it's not wicked. So I just want to kind of define the difference between sin and wickedness because we think that when we're sin, we're wicked. And I'll show you what I mean. Sin just means a failure or missing the mark. That's all it means. Wicked means evil Wrong, worthless, no good, you know, all those things that the pre- preacher tells you the reason you should stay in your chair and not come up and take communion, all that stuff. See, if you commit a sin as a believer, it doesn't throw you back into this wicked category. But we think that, we think that, we, you know, not most of you in here, but the, the Christian population in general thinks, well, if I'm still sinning, man, then I, I'm no good, I'm worthless. There's still a part of me that is a horrible person. Now, here's the problem. Your life will give back to you the same effects that that of someone that that is true of, even as a righteous person, even as a person that has been redeemed, washed by the blood. You've seen angels. You've heard the voice of God in your life. If you hold an image of your inside of yourself, in your heart, that you are this wicked person, or that if you continue in this sin, that it means that there's something wrong with you, you will manifest out into your life the same stuff that the unsaved world does. That's why we stay stuck in sin, and we stay stuck in areas of our lives that don't seem to change after we come to Christ. It's because we hold this image in our, of ourselves inside, and because we are, you know, have dominion in this earth, that is what we allow to reflect into the world. See, God is constantly blessing, sending light, love, and life out of His Spirit, which is in you, to your heart. And if in your heart, which is where you believe, is the seat of your being, if in your heart you have this image of Because of my performance, that means I'm a bad person. Number one, you think you're wicked and you're not. Number two, then you will begin to make decisions and see in life and be drawn to situations that will bring the destruction that you think you deserve. Now, sin has death in and of itself on its own. But this image you hold of yourself in your heart may be the source of the chaos that's going on in your life. Ouch. But it's not true. (laughs) I am righteous. Say, I am righteous. righteous. Because Because of the blood. The end. I got one, the end. All right. So just that fine line of understanding, okay, wickedness is something completely different. The wicked still will experience wrath. The wicked will still experience the judgment. But they're wicked not because of their acts, but because of the condition of who they are. You know, wickedness is an identity. It's who they are because of the fallen state that they live in. It's a spirit condition. So, if you continue to struggle with these sins... As much as you can. I'm not saying sin is okay. We all know that. Sin is destructive. It kills. You mess around in it. Stay in it. It's it's maybe a problem with our intelligence. I'm trying not to use the word stupid. Oops. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So how do we get this to work, right? How do we get... Because we're focused on grace. We're talking about grace. We're talking about... You know, last week we looked at all these scriptures that Jesus became a human, he faced every single temptation that you faced, he could have come down off of that cross, while in the grave cut off from God, he could have given up, it just was almost too much for him, we see in the Psalms that he was so conflicted and tormented that it was almost too much for him, he almost gave up, but his faith remained faithful because of the promise that God made him, and he won for us and all that would believe the victory, praise God, that's the gospel. But how do you get that victory to manifest and be active in your life? That's the question, right? We know that it's by grace. How do I get grace to work in my life? And grace works by faith, right? Faith is trust, dependence on God, believing God, believing that what God says is true. In fact, we're commanded to believe on the name of the Son of Jesus. That's the commandment. You better believe that I am who I say that I am. Now, there's not judgment if you break that commandment. You just don't get to experience kingdom in this area, in this life. So, Proverbs 23, you can throw that up there. See, because we, the, the key, and, it, and it's, just, it's not just the information that helps you. It's, I've got to have this experience. You know, I was talking with somebody this morning that came in. That's, it's like... You know it, you've known it all your life, but what's the difference that helps me experience it? And we know that it's becoming convinced of God's love for us is what helps us experience it. If you think that there's punishment left for you, if you think that there's an area in your life where he's angry with you, it's because you are not yet convinced of his love for you. Now, I know I'm kind of running around a few different trees here, but I'm coming down to one point. Proverbs 27, 23, 7. Uh, say it right. Seven. Yeah. that As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, the heart is the real you. The heart is where you believe from. It's with the heart that man believes. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we know that it's with the heart where we believe from. And our beliefs are what drive what we are drawn to and determine what it is that our desires are. So your desires, remember those things that cause you to be attracted away from the finished work of who you are in Christ and drawn toward an option that's in the world, that's the process of temptation. And if you continue on and follow that thing and try to partake of that, as the fulfillment of what it is that you think you're lacking, then it becomes sin. But you don't have to fall into that process because Jesus faced everything and conquered it for you. So the heart is an interesting thing because it is where we get our identity. See, the heart is the real you, but your heart can be deceived. And it will determine how you hear God. And in fact, the way, your heart, the way this picture that you have of yourself within, in your heart, that is what you will get in your life, whether it's true or not. Right. Grace is a divine influence on your heart. It's a capacity that's not your own capacity that works within you, and it works when you believe. So when you believe, this amazing grace comes alive inside of you and empowers you even above the image of yourself that you hold within your heart. The key to changing anything is changing what's in your heart, changing what you believe on a heart level, changing how you see yourself. How you see yourself is is a capacity of the heart. See, and the heart is interesting because it's like water. It seeks equilibrium. So let's say you're trucking along in life and something really great happens. But it's kind of more of a blessing than you've really ever experienced before and probably really above what you think you even deserve. Well, here's your heart. Your heart brings out the lasso, casts it up there, Let's pull it back. Let's rein it in, boys. I'm not sure we deserve this. That's a little too good for what we experience. Maybe we should manifest a little pain or sickness down here just to kind of even things out a little bit. Now, your heart will do that. Your heart, because of what you believe about yourself, will produce within your life what it feels balances everything. There's a lot of stuff that I'm... I've read the Heart Math Institute goes into a lot of these different kinds of things about the heart. And there's, you know, it's kind of hard to distinguish between the, your spirit, soul, heart area. In fact, throw up that, that, that slide up there. We've got a new, couple of new folks that haven't seen that slide. It's in the heart category. And go ahead and throw up the third one. Um, because even now, even with the heart, even if you are dipping down below the character of who you are. No, it's the three circles. Even if you begin to tread out into an area that's below how you see yourself, your heart will then say, oh, wait, you know what? Let me look to God for an option here because this is not... This, I'm not... This is really not... I know better than this, you know? So the heart... Guard your heart above all else because out of the heart flow the boundaries or the issues of life. Your heart sets these boundaries that kind of say, this is as far as I'm going to let you go because this is how you see yourself. See, it's irrational, but it thinks. So you've got this, we've got this diagram here. And the spirit, we're perfect, we're one with God. The body is these five senses, which incidentally, your body is not necessarily wicked in and of itself either. It's just got its own physical drives and whichever one we're paying attention to will be what we experience chemically in our brain that will manifest in our body. So we've got our mind here. We've got these patterns of thinking like we talked about, you know. This brain here is the processor between what's going on in your physical body and what's going on in your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Just like the heart is the processor between who you are and your spirit, And what your experience of that is as well. So you've got these two processors that basically just process the input that they're given. And the condition of each one can alter the reality of the signal. So you have these things going on, these repetitive beliefs, these repetitive thoughts over and over and over again. Let's just say destructive thoughts. And now they know because our brain, like we mentioned last week, the brain is in what's called a state of neuroplasticity, meaning that your brain can rearrange itself electrically to get it to, process, to to manifest in your body what the thoughts are coming across your brain. I'm not a scientist, so hopefully you get that. God give them the interpretation. But your heart does the same thing. Your heart changes. Now, who you are in your spirit does not change, but what your heart believes about who you are can change based on what you let go on in here. Yeah, on. Then that will process out through your brain and you will see it in your life. Right. Amen. So, and here's the thing. Let me read this scripture just so, because this I know this begins to get psychological and technical. Let me just read this. 2 Corinthians ten 13. <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we, now this process is a war, right? This process of believing the truth of who we are is a war, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments or imaginations or reasonings, and every high thing, and high thing literally means high thing, this thing that looks big in your life, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, if you would put that image back up, you're not, you don't have to jump into this process of, now I've got to meditate to get my brain to fire the right electrochemical stuff, and then I'll have what I want, okay? That's a carnal weapon. Now, meditation can be birthed of the Spirit if you're meditating from this place of completeness. If you're meditating from the right hand of the Father because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. If your meditation is from the place of, I am not wicked, I may sin out there, but that's not who I am. And I'm not going to let that sin dictate to me and lie to me about who I really am. The process is not this carnal thing that we jump into. The reason I want to show you these kinds of things is to show you how easily it is to just focus on Jesus, just focus on the Spirit of God living in you, and let that minister to your heart. And in fact, when it's a real engaged process of just becoming convinced of His love for you, it will effortlessly affect your heart. Your thoughts will effortlessly hear the voice of the living God, and then you will begin to experience it out here because your brain is designed to rearrange itself based on what it is that you let yourself believe. Come on, true. And it will just happen. Here comes behavior. Here comes behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Notice that he says you're not casting down devils. You're not casting down principalities. You're not getting out there and casting those. Because see, that's all out here. Those are all these lies that are out here. The devils that are out here, you may need to deal with those. I understand, you know, uh, Ephesians 6, 12, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and all that, which incidentally powers means power of choice or liberty of doing as one pleases. And it means physical and mental power. So uh, when it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers... It means mental power, just as a side note. But back on Second Corinthians 10, what we're casting down is, is imaginations, which is in that soul realm. We're casting down everything that exalts itself against... Put, put those three circles back up there, <laughs> please, <laughs> sir. I'm making him work back there today. Thanks, Van. You're casting down... The vain imaginations that reside within here, because that is what a stronghold is, you know. The stronghold is not necessarily some ruler of darkness that has set it up, set itself up on your chimney or over a city that you gotta go pull down. A stronghold is right there. And you're thinking. And here's the thing: if you let it stay in there long enough and it's contrary to this. This will believe it. And then this will begin to do things so that it becomes a reality out here. And it may not even be true. You know, there's a difference between truth and reality. Things are real, but they're not always true in our lives. So what we do is we cast down imaginations, reasonings. You know, that process that you do that disqualifies you from why you think you should be healed. That process that you go searching for of trying to figure out what you did or didn't do to get God to give you something. See, that's the other thing is we've got this thing backwards. We're looking for God somewhere out here to give us a promise so that we can experience it here. Then we'll believe it here. That's just not the way it works. It's here. This is the garden right here. This This is the new Garden of Eden that God comes and walks with you in your heart. And he will walk with you in your garden and he will help you pull out those weeds and he will help you nurture the right seeds so that it will grow into your life. You know, I just love this picture of the heart is this kingdom seed that God placed within you. And then he comes and he hangs out with you. In fact, he never leaves you. Because he's right there with you. You're bonded to him forever. You can't get rid of him. Yay. (laughs) And so, you know, when we struggle and we beat ourselves up because of sin and we have difficulties, it's really just because we're just leaning more toward this side of the process. We, we, We think that this is more real than this. And he says, don't look at what you can see. Because what you can't see is eternal. That's temporary. See, here's the thing about this. This is unchangeable. What goes on out here can get about this far. What goes on here affects everything. What happens out here, sin, disease... Your negative stuff that gets in here and becomes a reality for you cannot change who you are in your spirit. But your spirit can change that in a moment because it's one with the spirit of God. And so we are engaged in this warfare, pulling down strongholds. And a stronghold simply is a wrong belief that you've let camp out in this area and we see that biochemically within the, our anatomy, it will think, okay, well, that's what we believe, so I better, and let's, let's give it to them. Yeah, mix faith with a lie or truth, it will manifest. <laughs> you get what you expect. Now, the beauty of all this, God is bigger than your heart, 1 John 3. God's bigger than your heart and knows all things. It says, when you become convinced, uh, actually, let's, let's just read that. Didn't plan on going this much into this, but uh, I think it's hitting home, so let's look at 1 John 3. Are you getting fed? 3.3. <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry, 3.20. 3:19 <laughs> Yeah, First John 3:19. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. That is the process of working out our own salvation with awe and respect toward God. And that means you are complete in your spirit, but we work out our own salvation with respect and honor toward God. It's up to us to believe him, to experience what it is that he's done inside of us eternally. But even in the midst of all that, verse 20, for if our heart condemn us, and that's what happens, our heart will say, you know what, this is what you believe about yourself, so even if all these good things start happening out here, we've got to do something to wreck it. I need to sabotage this potential success that's lining itself up in my life because of the blessing of God because I don't think I deserve it. Man, don't we do that. Over and over and over. We, you know, we make the wrong choices. And and that is what sin is. It's just missing the mark of the best that God has for you. Don't let yourself think that you're wicked because you sin. Stop it. But Remember who you are. So, and this is the way that we do it. This is the way that we remember who we are. <clears throat> For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, so if your heart is not fighting against the truth of God in your life, if your heart is not fighting against because it doesn't believe it deserves it, what God has promised to you, this is what happens. Then you have confidence toward God. And look at, the, look at the end result. And whatever we ask, we receive of Him. Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is the commandment. That we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Amen. Those are the commandments. I'm not talking about put yourself back under the law and the Ten Commandments and work it all out. He, said, he, he, he defines, just so, just so you don't get confused, He gives you what the commandments are. Thank you, Father, for doing that. It makes it very easy on a teacher to just read that part and say, here, look, you, you figure that out yourself. All right. So sin is not even, or temptation is not even the devil really coming at you. You know? The, the devil comes at you in the areas where you already have these unbeliefs, these strongholds, and they can attach themselves to them and they are more than willing to get in that same frequency and help you believe it even stronger. And then they, have, they do have power to be involved in your life if you're in agreement with it. But the moment you're not in agreement with it, they have zero effectiveness. They don't have any authority in the first place. They're they they're, they're criminals. What's the word? They're sneaky things with the rob the the rob the trespassers. Thank you. So sin is where we you know, here's the thing. We just Well let me show you this let me show you this exercise. God's given me a special gift. I heard a laugh back there, so I need a brave soul. I can lay my hand on you and tell you what sin you struggle with. Van raises his hand back there. Come on out here. Now y'all watch. I'll show you how to do this. His heart's racing. Pray for him. (laughs) The sin you struggle with is the one you like. <laughs> <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> Sorry. Do you see the anointing? That's <laughs> what Am I right? <laughs> I've never missed it. <laughs> So here's the the end point, and that is we struggle with what we want to do. And if we could just be real before God and say, God, you know I want to do that. Help. It's not who I really am. I need some help. Guess what? See, where sin abounds, where the opportunity to fall into sin is, there's more grace than there is strength to fall into that sin. It's just that we're more used to the sin because it seems familiar with our thought processes over and over and we we let have happen. Kind of like we're, programmed. we're programmed, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what would it be like? Yeah, your, your, your heart is in this state of neuroplasticity as well. It can be changed by what you let go on inside of here. Not at its core. It can't be corrupted, okay? Your heart is incorruptible, but it can be Deceived. It can be influenced by this or this. And it will rewire itself to produce out here what it believes of itself. So here's the thing. How? Because if, if what causes us to stay in sin or choose sin is we're drawn away of our own desires and lusts. Uh, you know, James 1 we've been talking about then we need to change our desires. And your desires come from your beliefs, ultimately, which reside within your heart. So how do you change your heart? Choose. Choose, yeah. Choose life. There's lots of different ways. See, that's the thing about this. I'm not going to give you the answer because it could be different for you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to now break out the seven steps and say this... You have to answer that for yourself. How do I manage my thoughts? And, And I don't just mean this... Remember, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing every thought captivity to the obedience of Christ. And it doesn't mean... Come here, you little thought. And you you bring them to Jesus, right? And you say, you deal with it. No. The obedience of Christ learned humility. The obedience of Christ said, not my will, but your will. The obedience of Christ in the garden was, God, I don't want to do this. See, he was obedient so you could have the victory. And he has the victory, and he's put it in you. Remind yourself of that. Remind yourself, Jesus has already beaten this thing. Jesus has already destroyed this thing. That is my truth. That is my, what I'm going to choose to let be my reality. And then everything else will just begin to line up with that. You don't have to make it happen. The kingdom is within you. To grow out of you, and as Mark 4 says, all this stuff you get, the the degree, the condition of your heart determines the degree of the kingdom that you will experience in your life, and he says, here's how it works. It's like a farmer throws seed in the ground. Then he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and he doesn't know how it happens. You don't have to have all this stuff figured out. In fact, this may be a stumbling block for some of you, and I apologize if it is, throw it out. Just forget about it. But if it helps you, take it. It helps me. But you don't have to figure out how to get all this stuff to work. You just don't. Just, Christ is in me. Christ is in me. And I am in him. And that's enough. And become convinced of his love for you. That's how it works. You renew your mind. So, one last scripture here. Um, Romans 12 we'll start in one it says therefore I urge you brothers by the mercies of God present yourself a living and holy sacrifice see key key word here living sacrifice you don't have to die you don't have to kill yourself Worshiping and then present that to God. You're a living sacrifice. It's like Adam was saying, here I am. Take you, do something with me. <laughs> so so acceptable, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not can be conformed to this world. Now that's what happens is this confirmation process. We, we, who we are in our soul or what, where we believe or where we experience life really in our soul, we let that be conformed to the way that the world works. The world says, work hard, get good things. You know, do bad, get bad. I mean, that, that's the way of the world. The world, we've let dictate to our thought processes how God works. And He doesn't. He just doesn't work that way. So He says... Um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove, and prove doesn't mean you're going to do something to say, okay, now I've proven it. Prove here means to bear out or to make true so that you can manifest, so to speak, the will of God, and then good, acceptable, and perfect are not three levels of the will of God. You know, and we have that. It's like, okay, let's draw the bullseye. You might be in his good will, you probably might be in his acceptable will. None of you are making that perfect will. <laughs> and so we think the bullseye is the perfect will. Well, really, these, they're just three adjectives describing the same thing. His will is good and perfect yeah. and acceptable. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> so this last image, as you guys come up, <clears throat> uh, the worship. People, that is. (laughs) So we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's throw up that three rings one last time, Van. I didn't hear what he said. Oh, all right. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Your heart is going to do what it's going to do. If you want to change the beliefs in your heart, that's where the battle is. But what you do there is you bring it into the captivity of the obedience of Christ, which is the cross. The cross is everything. I take everything of my actions of who I am, what I've done, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take everything to the cross. And then I'm going to let that be the image that I hold of myself. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And so this process of transformation is, uh, I think, isn't that that the word metamorphosis, metamorpho? So, you know, we've all heard this teaching before. But we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And it it actually means we're meta... Why do you say it? We're metamorphosized. What's the word? Is that the right word? Did I say it right? We're metamorphosized by the renewing of our mind. Now, you think of a butterfly that goes through the metamorphosis. Well, what does it do to grow wings? It takes a nap. It it rests. Because it doesn't go to the wing shop and say, I think I'd like those. Or I see that butterfly over there. What do I got to do to be like that one? No, it's, it's already in it. It's within it. So it wraps itself up and rests. And it just grows into what is already within it. Yeah. And that will happen in your life with the renewing of your mind because you got wings in there already. Amen. Yeah. you actually
1: know that in a caterpillar there is, there's wings already in it? No, I didn't know
0: that. I'm serious. I've done some study on it. I'm not sure if it's everyone. Wow. <laughs> I, got, I did, I got lucky. Oh, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So God, help. God, I believe what your word says, and you say that I am the righteousness of you. In Christ Jesus, you are within me. Your spirit is bringing life to my mortal body. You have made me accepted in the beloved. You have delivered me from the power of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of Jesus. You have raised me with Christ and seated me in heavenly places. You have promised to us that all of your promises are yes and amen. We are qualified for the blessing of Abraham. That is true. That is who I am. So, Father, thank you that you've set this up, that as I focus on you, my heart will be written upon. My heart will come into an alignment and agreement with who you are, who I am in you, and see the blessing. But even in that, God, I thank you that you're bigger than that. I thank you that you're bigger than the processes of my heart. I take the responsibility to believe you, but I also just trust you.